Are you here? Who are you trying to contact? What do you want to tell her? On this very special yet quarantine episode, I take a trip to Venice, California, where I attended an event hosted by Bizarre Los Angeles Craig Owens for a haunted by history ghost hunt at the Elks Lodge number 2790 in Venice. According to Craig Owens and the members of the Elks Lodge, they're experiencing something otherworldly. Their claims that their lodge is haunted by ghosts. Members have claimed to see shadowy figures darting around certain areas of the building. Who are the women that haunt the second floor? And are there ghost children that roam around the hallways of the lodge? And is it true that a quarrel back in the day could be a cause for a residual manifestation on the second floor? Stay tuned to hear the stories, the history, and the haunted history along with the creepy EVPs that one of the participants collected during the hunt. You definitely don't want to miss it. So grab your K2, your Melmeter, and definitely your Salianite as we get Holly Weird at the Elks Lodge in Venice with Craig Owens of Bizarre Los Angeles. There is certainly something strange happening in the San Fernando Valley. The audio that you're about to listen to was audio collected on March 14th during a ghost investigation that was conducted and hosted by Haunted by History, Craig Owens, at the Venice Elk Lodge 2790. This was a public event, so in the recordings you might hear some outside noise pollution, voices, cars, and other scuffles and muffles, and quite possibly something otherworldly. So now, let's get Holly Weird. Now, before we hit our ghost hunt with Craig Owens, we should do a quick brush up on the history of NIs and the Elks. So in order to begin, we need to go all the way back and we're going to go back to 1911. According to the Van Nuys Neighborhood Council, on February 22, 1911, Van Nuys got its start with an ad in the Los Angeles Times. A free train ride was being offered to the Van Nuys town site, it read, for a free Washington's birthday barbecue, a patriotic speech about the birth of a town and an auction of lots in an undeveloped part of the San Fernando Valley. A train full of curious individuals came as the lots went up for bid and a town was sold in an afternoon. The LA Times called the auction the beginning of a new empire and a new era in the Southland. The town's namesake, 
Isaac Newton Van Nuys, previously owned and ranched half of it in the open space south of what is now known as Roscoe Boulevard. Among its buyers were a group of rich land speculators who recognized that the Los Angeles aqueduct from the Owens Valley would provide unlimited water for the ranchers and farmers to come. Isaac Van Nuys's great ranch became the Van Nuys town site, and then simply Van Nuys. No landmark house, statue, or even a formal portrait of the land baron stands. The only thing he left was his name. Now what happened to the town sold in an afternoon? People bought lots, put up their tents, and literally built their houses from the ground up. Van Nuys merchants were among the first in the valley, and the Valley General Store, still standing at Van Nuys and Sylvan, was the first real building, and it also housed the first bank in the San Fernando Valley. The first high school in the valley was located in Van Nuys, and many storefronts still stand today that date from the early 1900s. There was farming, canning, and the old Union ice plant from the days when produce was sent by rail to downtown markets. The Union Ice Plant remains today next to what is now the Orange Bus Line. Van Nuys became the second center for city services with the building of the Van Nuys City Hall in 1932, a place for federal, state, and city services as well as the county courts. The idyllic Bing Crosby song, I'll Make the San Fernando Valley My Home, was number four on the hit parade as the soldiers went ashore on D-Day after World War II. Then we fast forward to the 40s and 50s and we see a shift in manufacturing. Airplane manufacturing boomed as commercial aviation became the new mode of travel. And in 1946, General Motors built its Chevrolet assembly plant in Van Nuys. Even the farmland and orchards were replaced by endless tract homes that signaled a shift in Van Nuys commercial and agricultural base. And if you grew up in Van Nuys in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, then you definitely went cruising on Wednesday night to show off your wheels down Van Nuys Boulevard. A lot of people like to claim that the George Lucas movie American Graffiti was shot off of Van Nuys Boulevard instead of Modesto, but that's for you to definitely ponder and debate. But now we can fast forward to the history of the Elks. But before we go into the ghost hunt inside the Elks Lodge, it's very beneficial to learn a little bit of the history of the Elks. And we need to go further back to 1867. Believe it or not, the Elks was started by a group of actors and entertainers bent on having fun and avoiding a New York excise tax in 1867. You see, Sundays were the dry day, and I say that with finger quotes. And this convival group called themselves... The Jolly Corks. For a clever trick with corks, they performed on the uninitiated to win rounds of drinks. Look, an actor got a drink, all right? Now, that same year, as the membership grew, some members saw the vision to become more helpful in the community, and the last two feuding factions split the group over different philosophies. Fortunately, the latter faction moved forward with their new ideals, and in February of 1868, the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks, or BPO, was chartered and with a great new spirit and direction began to help veterans, scouting, scholarships, and more wherever charity, justice, and brotherly love was needed. The Van Nuys Elks 2790 chapter opened in 1957 with a mass swearing-in ceremony of over 1,600 men. 
And now the Van Nuys Lodge merged with the Reseda Elks in 1995, a year before most lodges across the nation accepted women. And while membership has now dwindled to fewer than 200 members, nine of the lodge's 13 officers are actually female. Which I found to be very interesting during my visit at the Elks Lodge in Van Nuys because in my head, and I'm sure everybody else thinks that the Elks Lodge or the Elks organization is predominantly male organized or male dominated. And it's not. Yes, back in the day it was. It was a fraternity. But now it is a grown group of diverse individuals, all men, women, and even young adults. And they also have a younger chapter called the Antlers, which I find so adorable and so interesting. So if you want to learn more information about the Elks and the Venais Elks, then head on over to www.elks.org. Now let's head into the ghost hunt with Bizarre Los Angeles' Craig Owens as he does his presentation on the history and the haunted history of the Elks Lodge 2790 off of Friar Street. And trust me, you definitely don't want to miss out on this story. Okay, so let, without further ado, let's, uh, let me go into what I believe the history of this place is. Some of the stuff I, I know for certainty and some of the things I can, I'm still kind of not quite sure, and I'll make it very clear what I'm not sure about. Uh, according to one of the uh, websites, this building was not built in 1924. It was actually built in 1926. While I have not found anything that corroborates that, the newspapers, uh, the Van Nuys newspapers and some of the Valley newspapers seem to corroborate that somewhat because uh, there seems to be some early mentions of this building uh, starting around 1927. I'm looking at a 1933 ad for a doctor's office and that I believe was in this, in this building in 1933. And it lists a name of a building and uh, they called it the uh, Beckworth Building. Is it, does that ring a bell with anyone? Okay, I think this, that may have been the original name for this building, the Beckworth Building, when it opened in 1926. I will say that there are stories about this being a children's hospital. That's not entirely correct. However, I do believe that there was a hospital here. And the reason why no one's been able to find conclusive proof of that is because the address, I believe, was different back then. Uh, what I found starting in 1928 city directories, and this carried on through to 1930 and 1938, was that this building was owned by another social organization called the Odd Fellows. And they owned a couple of properties, but this address, there actually were two addresses that seemed to match up to this one. Now, the current address is 14440 uh, Friar Street. And Friar Street's a real old street in Van Nuys. Um, this, I believe this address was 14438. And then there was another building that the Odd Fellows operated out of called, uh, its address was 14436. And the Odd Fellows took over this building as early as 1927. And they held on to it at least until the 1950s. Now, 
1927, there was a doctor, and the doctor's name was Alex W. Swenson. And he actually opened a receiving hospital, and also known as an emergency hospital, at the 14438 address. And this was uh, in early 1927. Where we're standing now, this was the hospital, if this is the correct address. It was operated on the first floor. And he had to get permission from the city to do this, and they did have to come and inspect it. I will read you a little bit of the article that I found. New emergency hospital plan. Dr. Swinson leases room in uh, IOOF block, which is the Odd Fellows block. It says, the appointment of Dr. A.W. Swinson of Van Nuys to the post of police surgeon succeeding Dr. L.S. Wellborn, who resigned the position recently, is being considered by Dr. E.G. Goodrich, chief surgeon of the receiving hospital Los Angeles. Dr. Swinson's appointment has been practically assured, and he has obtained a lease on the vacant section of the Oddfellows building on the ground floor facing Friar Street and the alley where a new receiving hospital will be installed. The new location provides a rear entrance within a short distance from the police station and it will be fully equipped to handle cases formerly cared for at the Wellborn Hospital. So the Oddfellows kept the top floor and they would lease it to uh, other organizations but this bottom floor was uh, it appears to have been a receiving hospital, an emergency hospital. Now there were deaths, a lot of them. Now let's talk a little bit about Van Nuys. Van Nuys, because it's, it's a little almost unfathomable that a hospital would be in this building, considering its size. But when you look at what Van Nuys's um, population was, I believe when it, it first incorporated or became a community in 1911, I saw two conflicting uh, reports. One said that it had only 100 people living in Van Nuys with 15 of them children. And then the other article years later said there were 250 people living out here. By 1921, there were 4,500 people living here. And then by the 1950s, it was over 100,000. They finally crossed the 100,000. So it was booming during this time, but most of the land was farm and agriculture. And so Friar Street was one of those very early streets that, that were formed, and the city offices were located nearby almost immediately. And uh, just for the record, that uh, bookstore that's just up the street, that started out as a photographer's studio. When it opened in, uh, I want to say it opened earlier than this building. It was around in, as early as 1926 as well. And uh, so, and uh, ironically enough, that address hasn't changed. But this address changed to 14440. Uh, uh, and I believe that the first notice of that change was around 1947. Okay, so what kind of people did they treat here in the emergency room? Well, they treated children, but they also treated like motor accidents. A lot of motor accidents, uh, attempted suicides I saw, fire. Uh, a lot of people were pronounced dead here, 
Uh, they may have already been dead on location, but by the time it got to Dr. Swenson's office, uh, he had to make the official decision and, and fill out the paperwork. And it's possible that some of the people died here during surgery. He uh, took on a partner, Dr. Bryson, and both of them had one nurse. Her, name, her first name was Helen. I can't remember her last name. I just came across it today. But, but it was, as far as I know, it was staffed by two doctors, surgeons, and a nurse. And that's what took care of people coming in. And again, a lot of them were, uh, were car accident victims and people that collapsed in the fields working the agricultural um, uh, stuff and mishaps on, on these farms. So they maintained an, a hospital until 1943. And that's when they gave it up. Uh, Swenson had retired, and Bryson just said, I'm not getting paid enough to, to do this now. The population had exploded. This wasn't, wasn't really a, a convenient. It was geographically convenient, but it wasn't. They needed a bigger facility and more doctors and more staff. So that's why he gave up the lease and, and gave up the hospital in 1943. Now, there were still some doctors that were around here, but that's when the, the, I believe the hospital ended, okay? So what did they do? What did the uh, Odds Fellow do, Odd Fellows do during this time? Well, they were, again, a social group, so they, they raised money for charities, and it was a private function, and they did a number of, of things, uh, cultural things. They started using, uh, there may have been either a ballroom here on this floor, or maybe it may be that room where they met uh, upstairs, but they would have, they started having dances around 1943 after the hospital left. So I have a feeling that they just took over that space and, and uh, started holding dances for high school kids. There were a lot of, uh, civil functions that were uh, being performed around here. At one point, there was even a, a dance studio here and an acting school for kids that had uh, taken out lease. And uh, so it kind of trucked along. Now, where we're sitting right here, I've got the info on this. This lounge where you're sitting and this bar was actually created in 1960. And it opened around uh, New Year's Day, 1961. The name of this rock that they brought in from Arizona, <laughs> it's sandstone, which is actually a conductor for paranormal energy, if, if you, in case, if you, if you follow that stuff in the paranormal world, that's what they suspect. But um, it was called wind and, uh, I think it's wind and lime or something like that, because it was, it was a little bit greenish, I think, at the time. But uh, it, it cost $60,000 to renovate. They wanted something that could seat 200 people and a bar that could uh, seat 70. And the person that built it was a guy named John D. Laudner, and he was an elk. Ironically enough, one of his homes is now on the historical landmark status in Mission Hills. It's a mid-century modern ranch house. So uh, if you want to get the address and you know, want to pursue that, you, you can. But they, there was a, another person, there were a few people involved. A lot of this was done actually by Elks themselves. 
And uh, again, they wanted to, they added the women's lounge and uh, they really put a lot of work into it. And there's actually pictures in the local newspaper of some of these guys meeting. So this became like the social center in the 60s and 70s, and that's why it has kept much of its uh, original mid-century modern charm. And uh, it was the pride and joy of the Elks. And uh, now the Elks took over this building in 1957. I forgot to mention that. That's a big one. Um, now, they didn't immediately take over this building that I could tell in the newspapers. They still had other meeting places that they were, were going to. But they did mention in the newspaper that they had recently acquired this building and that they wanted to pump some money in to refurbish it. So once this was all refurbished, they certainly were in here in, in big force at that point. Uh, when they started in 1957, they had, uh, according to the paper, 700 members, which was huge at the time. And they were trying to break the record, which I think was like 1,500 or 1,200 or something. I don't know that they did, but they, uh, it, this building was much too small to house all the new members coming in. So they had their, their actual initiation once they formed their chapter off-site. One of the uh, legends, the ghost stories that I've heard, has to do with the second floor and has to do with the uh, union, one union person getting in a fight with another union person and tossing him out of a second floor window, I assume to his death. I have not been able to find anything on that. That'd have to have been a heck of a throw. But what I, <laughs> but to die from that, uh, a second floor. However, I did find something interesting. There was a union that did form here in this building, or it, let, me, let me correct myself, at the 14438 address. Um, and it was uh, originally the painters union, and then they merged and became the carpenters union. So, again, this seems to add some kind of credence a little bit to the urban legend about unions uh, being here. Again, nothing about a scuffle and nothing that I've been able to find yet about that. But there's already enough deaths associated with that, um, with the hospital to, uh, to warrant that. So. It's been this way since then. What's the membership now? It's what, about 125, 130 people? 135. I'm gonna be joining. Um, there are some, there are some uh, Elks uh, that are, well, let me tell you a little bit about the Elks and, and uh, Mike can certainly help fill in. The Elks are actually newer than Oddfellows. I found out the Oddfellows started in like 1819 in Britain. Uh, before they came over, but the Elks started uh, right around the Civil War era, correct? A little bit after 1869? Is that 1867. 1867. I'll, I'll have to know this when I get initiated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 1868, they became the Elks. Once they became the Buffalo, no one liked the idea of being called a Buffalo, so they changed it to Elks. This banner right over here are the uh, founding members of the Elks. They all were actors. And at that time, it was very hard for actors to get anything, any kind of respect, so they formed their own group. And of course, it spread and grew. Uh, and 
most places didn't have actors as elks. You know, they just uh, different communities like Monrovia. I don't think they're elks at a single actor there, unless you count the sheriff and the mayor and the politicians. But uh, but here, it, that's kind of it's kind of gone back to that. There's a lot of actors here, and so they have like any parties here. That's how I first heard about it. Uh, through Ginger, as she was she was attending Emmy parties and Emmy events. So um, there's a chapter in Glendale, which is where I I live, and the uh, the soon to be exalted ruler, the incoming exalted ruler of the Glendale chapter is here. Yay, but once you're a member here, you're a member everywhere. Of everywhere, right? So I once I join, I can I can go bug Penny. Oh yeah, you've heard that it also is uh, got a ghost. You know, it's it's weird. A lot of these social organizations, a lot of them have ghost stories. The Masonic lodges. I I I investigated one in Sa uh, Santa Monica, and I literally heard an audible in the kitchen there. And um, and so I, I'd like to think that a lot of the paranormal activity here. Now, this is me kind of winding up before we get in. We start splitting into groups and going into different uh, teams. Um, this is a fraternal organization. Their people went to get away and to f hang out with their friends, to get away from their home life, um, to meet with friends. There was a lot of it was like a mixture of chamber of commerce and everything else because they all did business together when they could they all supported each other when they could and and the elks today is, is the third leading um charitable organization in the world yes. or yeah. in the nation yes in the nation right so um you know in the old days they were exclusive uh, you know, it was white only, male only, but it's no longer that, and hasn't been that for a while. But uh, it's now opened up, and it, it's now, like for instance, this particular chapter has, uh, you know, has quite a few people in the in the movie and television industry. And uh, next exalted ruler is a blonde white lady, and she's an actress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, that's kind of what I, I, I found about this place. I always love it. I mean, I spend so much time debunking stories. It's, uh, it's really cool when I come across them, you know, because I went, yeah. I was talking to Mike, and Mike was like, yeah, it's supposed to be a hospital, but no one's ever found anything, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be this. No one's ever found anything. So uh, it's kind of cool to actually find stuff that, that, that justifies this. And I think once the locals and once it gets out that this really was a hospital, one of the first in Van Nuys, I think it'll cause a lot more interest from a historical point of view. Because from the outside, you know, you drive by it, it's been modified a lot, you can tell, over the years. But this was a very important building. Okay, now we've rushed up on history. 25 minutes of it exactly of the city of Anais and also the location of 14440 Friar Street or 14380 Friar Street. We've learned in 
Craig's presentation that yes, the Van Nuys Emergency Hospital, the first one in Van Nuys, was established in that location in 1927, but nowhere in Craig's findings and research did it ever state that it was a child's hospital or a children's orphanage, so that is definitely legend. According to my research, there were a couple of other agencies and clubs that were located on the premise of 1440, which was the Ruth Gold Agency that also trained not only adult actors, but also child actors. There was the Valley Pilots Club. And of course, on the second floor is the Odd Fellows Club, which hosted a ton of dances, especially a few for the Sons of Norway. Now let's get into the spooky stuff we go and take a deeper dive into the ghost stories and hauntings of the Elks Lodge located off of Friar Street. Now the ghosts haunting here, let's talk about them a little bit. Um, Mike has claimed that, I, I'm kind of naive and I have to tell <laughs> on myself a little bit, but when I went to Mike and Mike said, yeah, I saw a ghost, I saw, I saw an elk in that doorway over there. And I was literally thinking four-legged creature with antlers. <laughs> I was going, how's that, you know? But, um, but then when he described the apparition, it's actually a male in a black tuxedo, probably vintage tuxedo, um, pacing back and forth restlessly back there. Um, it was like, oh, okay. And he, and he confirmed that that was actually the formal wear for special functions that the Elks would wear. Because they would do the, the tux. Did he wear a hat? Did you see that he wore a hat? No hat. No antlers, no hat, just a... And was he middle-aged? Yes, definitely. And, and see, back in the day, you could not come inside of this lodge without being in a tuxedo. Wow, see? There so you everyone go. would have worn it. So when, next time we come here, tux mandatory. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, I know. We do still wear them for all... all uh, well, I tell you, if I do a photo shoot here, we will. That'll stir it up. Um, in a good way. It'd be in an honorable way. Um, so, yeah, um, if you have any questions about the Elks, um, or questions... Oh, children ghosts. Voices have been heard here. And upstairs, and I believe downstairs, too? Yes. Yes. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. And yes, and I heard the story about shadows darting around the doorway. Not necessarily in the kitchen, but it looks like they're, it's just the lights getting blocked out. I actually took off the doors okay. to test this theory out. So I removed the kitchen doors. Okay. I'm going to refinish them, but I thought, well, this is a great opportunity because the kitchen doors have this triangle so that you don't open the door and knock somebody down. So what we see all the time from the bar is we see figures often cross and then the thing is, okay, someone's in the kitchen, we all run out here to see who's in the kitchen, and there's nobody there. But this is, everyone has seen this. It's not exclusive, it happens a lot. So I thought, well, we'll test the theory and see if, yeah. if we still see these things with the doors gone. Yeah. And we do. So this area has had some apparitional sightings upstairs I haven't heard any apparitional sightings, but just weird things up there, sounds, uh, voices. So the, the main meeting room, we'll, we'll be going in there. 
but I believe that that has kind of a, a gloomy vibe at times. People, I believe, might have uh, picked up some voices there. But there's also another lounge upstairs, and that's where Ginger and I did our live Instagram thing on Friday. And um, a lot of people get the heebie-jeebies there, and apparently some other people have, have heard voices, either from inside the room or just outside the room. Um, so we're going to check these areas out, definitely down here. There's lots of little rooms and spaces. Um, not to be afraid of anything, uh, let me just go over a, couple, a few rules for paranormal investigating. How many of you have done this before? Okay, that's good, that's good. So um, this is just 101. Um, if you're going to handle a uh, recorder, be sure to keep it on the whole time. Don't turn it off and be select. Don't worry about trying to save the battery. We'll go get batteries if we run out, but keep it on. Uh, be sure to tag your name and who are, who's with your group um, at the beginning of the recording. So that way, if I catch anything suspicious, I know who to blame. <laughs> no, I know who to contact and say, okay, did you, do you remember hearing this later? Okay, um, when you ask questions, be respectful. Um, I found much better, uh, get much better results with EVP by actually, and EVP stands for electronic voice phenomena, which is the voices that you don't hear with your ears, but the recorder frequency, it's in a frequency range that the recorder picks it up. So um, when you ask questions, be respectful. Uh, you're talking to like a person. So, and so they're gonna have the emotional response, theoretically, that's what we're kind of testing. So you wanna be respectful, you wanna wait at least 10 seconds before asking the next question. And if you get tired of asking questions or you, you don't want to ask questions anymore, suddenly you draw a blank, just start conversing with the person right next to you. Just start talking back and forth, because a lot of times they're, they may not, it, it's weird, I found this time and time again that during an EVP session, they, they don't care about answering your questions. But if you're talking about, you know, what's going on at the grocery store, they may want to jump right in and give their, their, you know, two cents. You never know what will spark them. So we're going under the, uh, we're going, we're going to go under the thought process that what's here is possibly intelligent, an intelligent energy that is behind, left behind. So they should be able to respond and hear, but it never hurts to ask. Can you see it? Can you hear me? Can you know? Because um, we really don't know. We take a lot of things for granted when looking for ghosts. So, <laughs> so um, just kind of, Talk to them like you would your mother. Hopefully you get along well with your mother. Um, or, to, or speak like a family member, and you, chances are you'll get a response. Now that you've been acclimated with the hauntings of the Elk Lodge, you'll learn more about the stories that occur not only on the first floor, but also the second floor. The second floor happens to be pretty active, and it was pretty active that night. And you'll soon listen and learn why that is. On the second floor, here are a couple of little tidbits of ghost stories or apparitions that the members and even guests have seen. 
The first story is what you'll hear Eric refer to as the woman that lives in one of the rooms that we first investigate. You see, the woman may be connected to the hospital. We don't know. Some of us believe maybe she was a nurse that overseen some of the patients, or maybe she was the head nurse that called the shots. But all we know is that she doesn't like it when someone comes into her space and disrespects. Another story is, in that same room, is where people claim that's the room where the two gentlemen back in the 30s and 40s had that brawl where one of them threw the other one out of the second floor window to which the man fell to his death. Some people have claimed to hear commotion, men arguing, footsteps, and quite possibly a gentleman sitting near or around the window. Maybe it was the same man that fell to his death from that same window. Another apparition that people have claimed to see is that of a child dressed in white, playing peekaboo, also giggling and whispering. Then we'll go into a different room, which is a storage room, and that room is very active. That is the room where one of the participants collected one of the most chilling, class A, clear EVPs I've ever listened to. And it definitely sends a chill down each and everyone's spine. Not only that, we heard other voices outside of the door when no one was standing outside of that room. And I caught a couple of images of what seems like weird bars of light that were too perpendicular to be dust or bugs. We'll put those on our Instagram. And you'll also meet Eric Garcia of Wild Car Journeys as he records and documents the investigation for his YouTube channel. And also accompanying the group is Eric Lace, who's the Esquire, a part of the Elks Lodge 2790. He has the stories of that room and they're completely creepy. Now, let's start the investigation on the second floor. Do people see two men here on yes. occasion? Yes. What do the men look like? I don't know. I, I never got that far. All I, I know is two oh. men, uh, and and they were dressed in in old uh, old style work clothes, is what they said. So, but it was when it was a union hall. So they they were members of, and I don't know which union if it was the the painters or the carpenters. Oh wow! Do you know what they could have been fighting about? Yeah, they voted the wrong way. Oh. It is what uh, the, the, when I found the green sheet, the newspaper, I saw that somewhere. And I, I think we've lost it now, but we, we keep getting these bits of information and we store them someplace and I don't know where they are now. But that's what the psychics said, that they, uh, they're still, they're sitting there trying they're to work. They're still bickering. Yeah, they're still trying to work out. <laughs> or it could be residual where it's out. like all that energy has been trapped there because yeah. that seems like a pretty violent way to go. It was, yeah. And he did die. He, he went head first. Oh, and, obviously, and yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right. Because they didn't really go into detail in the articles that I read. It just said he fell from the second floor. So yeah. I thought it was he was still inside the building. He just fell like maybe from a staircase or something. But right. it was outside. Yes, yeah, so it was on the sidewalk. He's now, you, you said people have seen them, but has anyone heard? Do they hear, like, arguing? Anything audible? No. We got this from a psychic who, who said she feels them in here. Mm-hmm. We should have lots of sounds in here if I would be quiet. Have you had any experiences on the second level? Yes. Or, what, or your, a lot. A lot? What was the one that was, like, it never left your mind? Like, what is one that just never left your brain? Um, I'll tell you. We were having a discussion here, and the, there's a lady who lives in here, in this room, and there's also a lady who lives downstairs. When we... Of uh, the other world? Yes. Oh, wow. When we have 
meetings of our house committee, governing board of the place, and if it's going to be not nice, and we know it's going to be rough, we meet in one of these places. We meet up here, or we meet uh, downstairs in the history room, because they're kind of protected rooms. And one of the gentlemen was arguing and getting very not, very not nice, and we don't allow that at our meetings. Well, the lady here doesn't allow it either. And now listen, I was here, I was here, and I saw, we don't have it there anymore, it was a round tray, slid off that counter, slid off that counter. Wow. And you it's a level counter. Yeah. Do you see that that mark on the ceiling right there? Yeah. It goes like that. It hit that. No. That's where it hit. I read about that. That's and, the and article it, I read. And it fell. And it fell. Almost hit him. He left the room. But that's why that mark is there. We keep it there. Do you have a name for her? No. We don't know what her name is. What, what's the story? The, uh, the lady who... Uh, who takes care of this room uh -huh. and the history room downstairs whenever we have not nice house committees and we know it's going to be rough and tumble but the governing board of this place we will meet up here or we will meet down in the history room downstairs on the first floor and when this guy was using language he shouldn't use in a house committee meeting and he was just way off base and I was here I was sitting here this was had two tables attached and I was sitting here and this tray, which isn't here anymore, it went up there, and I wasn't watching it because I don't know, but it hit that thing and came down this way. And that's what made that mark up there. That so that's tray. a paranormal mark. Yes, uh -huh. so we, need, we, don't, we don't white it out. We don't white over it, you know. And it, it hit here, uh -huh. he was sitting there. It's a pretty big mark. Mm -hmm. We began the investigation doing an EVP session or electronic voice phenomenon session with our recorders by asking questions. Going back into the recordings and reviewing them, there was nothing until I brought out the spirit box. Now, I know that some people are skeptic with the spirit box, especially Craig, but we felt that we caught a couple of things and maybe we leave it to you to decide. So here are a couple of things that we captured during our spirit box session. And as a side note, for some of you that are listening and not quite sure what a ghost box or spirit box is, you've probably seen it on ghost adventures and other popular and paranormal investigation shows, is a radio with a frequency scan mode meant to detect EVPs, electronic voice phenomenons, and communicate with spirits. Sometimes they pull words from those frequency scans to communicate. So now here's some of the things that we pulled from that session. Is there a woman here with us? Woman. Tip woman. Was someone killed on this floor? One eight seven. What does one eight seven mean? That's a police code for murder. I just heard one eight seven. That's a homicide. But that's something I just a topic said. Yeah. So one eight seven. There was a murder. 
Are you a police officer? trying to say 10-4. I assume you'd have a lot of police officers that were Elks here. I mean, in this part of town. All of them. 10-4 is, is a copy, right? It yeah. means copy. 10 means yes. Yes. So he's, he caught 10-40. Yeah. Okay, you can't tell. I have chills on my arm right now. <laughs> So we captured what we believe to be a few answers to our questions. Are you a woman? And it responded, woman and yes. And then we asked questions in reference to the possible murder that occurred on the second floor. And as you heard, it responded with 187, which means murder homicide. And then it responded with 1040. We first thought it was 104, meaning yes or copy. But Eric soon reviewed the code messages the next day and responded to me with this message. 1040 in police code means fight in progress. Now the moment you've been waiting for, the Class A EVP. It wasn't collected during our investigation in the front room on the second floor, but while we were conducting our investigation on the second floor, another group was in the storage area. And that's where activity tends to linger even more. We'll soon meet Clive and his partner. And they were the two that collected this amazing EVP that we'll listen to very, very soon. It was a recording of a recording, but it was just so amazing and clear that we had to put it in this episode. So here it is. That was, can you play the, the EVP for them one mm -hmm. more time? So this is what she collected. Uh, what time you guys think it was? Right oh, this was 8.04. Okay, 8.04? Mm -hmm. Are you here? Who are you trying to contact? What do you want to tell her? It just sounds like leave now or get Ben. Or where you've been. Where you've been. It's probably. I, I got where you've been personally, but. Really? Look right here. What happened? It up to yellow. Where have you been? The K2s went to yellow. Are you connected to someone in this room? Can you go to green or yellow? One of the two as much. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So that went to green. What's your name? Cleve. Cliff? Cleve. Cleve. Are you connected to Cleve? Can you go to... Oh. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Could you be a family member of Cleve? Go to yellow if you are. Can you do that again if you're related to Cleve? 
Go to green or yellow. I saw the yellow. Mm -hmm. Do you have a family member that passed? or? Um, well, not here. Not here? No. Where? Recently? Uh, yeah, my mom. But that was... Is this Cleve's mom? <clears throat> Go to yellow or Did green. Does that sound like a lady? Mm -hmm. Are you the mom of Cleve right here? This fine gentleman standing in this room. Go to green or yellow. When you first asked that question, I think it went one more. Yeah. I saw that yellow. Down. I yes. did see a flash of yellow. Cleve, can you say, Mom, are you here? Can you ask her a question? Mom, are you here? Time stamping. This is another EVP or possible EVP that may have responded to our question, and it sounds like it's saying no. Are you fond of Cleve? I think they're Whoa. fond of you. They're what very fond of you. Yeah. Do you do you come here a lot? I, I come here a lot and sometimes I'm here by myself. Oh I'm wow. Setting up a lot of events, I'm here by myself and so, it's oh so you're an elk too. Yeah. And it's oh, okay. it is freaky. Last time, last Monday, I thought I saw a ghost. Remember? Really? With, what happened? Mm -hmm. We were out there in that uh any any room right there and um she was sitting on the couch and i was behind the door because i'm the tyler and when i was looking i was talking to her i behind her with a i can show you i saw like a thing like a i thought i saw i'm not sure something white came into the doorway and walked back sideways but it was such a split second little little like a little creature cleve definitely is sensitive He's seen and definitely heard things in and around that building more times than any of the other members there. He's also an elk member, and his job is to go up and set up for events. So I'm assuming that whatever's there is very familiar with Cleve, almost too comfortable with him, where they have no problem manifesting and communicating with him. So let's sit down and talk to Cleve. To primarily see up here until we um, rotate. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But we could stick around in the theater. Have you caught anything here? Anything weird or odd? No, no but you know, it's, what's odd today is it's cold up here. Usually, well, it's just because it's cold out, but mm -hmm. it's, it feels extraordinary cold. Extraordinary cold. Do you yeah. ever get. And Mike said that also. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And you guys know because you are always well, here. Yeah. So you, there are days where you're like, ah, it's just a day in the office. But yeah, I'm here. We, I come here uh, twice a week sometimes. But when I'm doing, when we're doing these big events here, yeah, I'm here by myself sometimes, and I freak out. Yeah, you know, when especially when it gets late, you just feel a presence. It's just do you, strange. Do you ever feel <clears throat> like uh, cold spots? Like oh, yeah. you, you'd be here, here and you yeah. step in, and it's colder yeah. than it is two feet yep. over here. You feel that? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I went to the Hollywood, the Roosevelt Hotel, and that's supposedly haunted over oh, yeah. there. That's known for it, yeah. And I felt that same cold in that big ballroom down there. They have a big ballroom, and I did an event there one time, and I felt the cold spot there, and I asked them, hey, what's up with the air conditioning? And they said, it's not the air conditioning, it's a... 
Yeah. I think you're pretty sensitive. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I think you're pretty sensitive. You have one of your clairs that's very active, and it 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 (laughs) likes to it likes to exercise here. (laughs) One of your clairs like well. Here's the thing, like, you not only feel it, but you've seen it. Well, I don't know if I'm seeing things or it's just, I, uh, I, unless I see it, like, see it. See it, but you, you caught something. I'll show the... you where it is. Okay, let's go. Monday nights. Monday nights. Okay. When, this last Monday night, we initiated JC, and this door is closed. Okay. Okay? And she was sitting right here. Right here. Okay? And I'm here. And I'm here because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the, the uh, Tyler, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, guarding the door. Okay. While they're having the meeting in there before we let her in. Wow. This door was open. Here, I'll show you. So this one was this all one was the way open. open. Yeah. And the light was lit just like that. It was Lit. And it was lit in here. And I'm talking to her, I'm talking about just like this. And I look up there, and while I was talking to her, I see an entity of some sort, a small one, mm-hmm. go like. From this door. From no, over right here. here. Right here. He's, he was standing over there, and he saw what looked like a, it kind of, it could be possibly a, a child. Because children do that, they're like kind of curious. <laughs> And, I mean, right. there have been children deaths here because, like Craig said, I mean, they did treat children and there were a lot of accidents and a lot of fatalities. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe I just could have... <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe it was just the wind. Cleve has definitely seen and felt a lot of things. But we think that whatever's there is comfortable seeing him there and having his presence there. He does take care of the place. He does go there twice a week, so they are very familiar with him. He just wants them to stay at bay. In other words, hashtag no We soon traveled back to the storage area. It was just so active, we had to go back and do another session. There we ran into Craig and a few more participants. I think they were about to do their final session using the Melmeter, and surprisingly, didn't disappoint. Here's what we collected. The people have heard disembodied voices in here. Wow. It's not just EVPs. People will hear talking, but it's like coming from that closet area. I wonder what that could be, though. It's a hinterland. It's like far removed and very... um, Whatever's here wants to get away from us all. So we're Uh probably, by all being here, it's, you know, might be irritating it. Hard to say. Let me just run yours over here and see if we're mm-hmm. getting the same thing. Yeah, mine's a little stubborn, not as sensitive as that one. Well, but I like that one. This one. Yeah, but I like that one more because it's a little more stubborn. It's like, no, yeah. you're gonna have to be really powerful to move me, bro. Yeah, yeah. So. this one's. Well, see, this one's not reacting. Mm-hmm. This one's. Put it over here and yeah that one's very sensitive so that's point why 0.2 0.3 okay well it's picking it up a little bit but not that's not enough to make it red see earlier when you were asking those questions i was getting like on t- like when you said green or yellow it started showing up green and yellow really oh, and i was standing here 
Oh, wow. So whenever you would ask questions, it would just start acting up, showing activity. Do you remember what questions they were? If they were the ones pertaining to, like, if it was a man or a woman or a headmaster? If it was a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. 1.5. It's real heavy now. Oh, yeah. All right. Is there a man or a woman in here? Is there the headmaster of the orphanage? Are we in your office? Are we in your territory? One. One point one. That's pretty. One point three. One point four. One point six. Do you not like us in here? One point eight. One point nine. You're going to have to make some sort of a noise to let us know that you're here. Two point one. Or you want us to leave. You can even make a knock on the wall or on the door. 2.2, 2.4, 2.5. Look at this. It's just going up. 2.7. Wow. Yeah, I'm I think sure it's 2.6. Yeah. Yeah, 2.7, 2.9, 2.8, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9,
he comes back in to confirm if we all heard it, and we did. Unfortunately, no one was recording, but we all heard what sounded like men talking outside. There is definitely something in that storage room, and sometimes it likes to make itself known. We soon wrapped the storage investigation on the second level and headed downstairs since it was time to close the investigation as a whole. It was just all the participants and the members of the Elk Lodge gathering, sharing their findings and stories and experiences of what they caught and felt during their investigation. I reached over to Kelsey, who was the young woman sitting next to me during Craig's presentation. I remember during Craig's presentation that she would whisper under her breath certain locations that were experiencing hauntings too. So I asked her if she was willing to share those stories, and here they are. Hi, my name is Kelsey, and I'm the uh, Elk member over here at Van Nuys Reseda Lodge number 2790. So you have a couple of stories that people have experienced here in, re in regards to the paranormal that you've heard in passing. Can you, or maybe you've had happened to you. Do you want to share them with us? Yeah, that's fine. So a couple of the stories in the main lodge room, uh, down downstairs actually in the dining room, a lot of uh, shadows. People said they feel things. Like when people walk by, you feel that breeze. You can hear the clicking of footsteps on the floor uh, when no one's here. Uh, like in the bar area, we used to have a pool table there. And you'd hear um, the ball, uh, pool table clink. The balls would clink. Like someone's so, playing like, pool. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then sometimes we'd, we'd set up like the pool balls in certain locations. And then after everybody does their investigation, they come back and they see the pool balls have moved. With You hear the clinking of it. Oh, wow. um, one of our members used to have a guide dog and that no. passed away so every once in a while people would say they'd feel that dog rub against your leg oh um they'd feel that oh my mm -hmm. goodness now not only does this place have activity but you i heard you under your breath say something about san fernando it's, yeah they, we have a san fernando elks lodge oh and that is um, also active that's also active they have like an original speakeasy um, a lot of reports of seeing like um, shadows apparitions seeing uh, figures seeing outline of people sometimes they've seen an actual person walking by they look at each other like the employees there will look at each other and then nod and they would continue doing what they were doing <laughs> so it gets like that point where they are interacting with them oh wow is it something connected to the speakeasy or a different time period or era they believe it's a little bit of both from the speakeasy and uh, members who have passed away that kind of just don't want to be there right how long have you been a, a member of the elks Ooh, as an elk member for maybe about um, nine years, but I've been with the elks uh, for about ten years. Or oh, no, I lied, fifteen. Because I my parent when my parents were elks, I wasn't an elk. But there's a youth group called the Antlers, which are from twelve to twenty. So I've kind of been That's a so member cool. for a little over fifteen years. If you were a ghost, would you haunt this location? Uh, I would come back and haunt and have a little bit of fun with people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you feel, um, after going through this ghost tour or ghost hunt, do you feel like there is something here? Uh, is it good or is it bad? I'm definitely a strong believer of ghosts. Um, and there are a lot of things that do happen here that you can't, that can't be explained. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely believe that, yes, there are um, activities here that, you know, can't be explained, but mm -hmm. that are from the other side. And you believe it's uh, people from... You know, uh, I guess connected to the hospital and connected to the elks. Um, yes, I do think that some elks are still here. Um, also, kids are here because you hear little kids running around, like giggling. Yeah, You'll hear like the little heard. voices. Yeah. You'll hear a little bit of that. You feel um, older ladies kind of just walking by. Mm -hmm. So you, you, 
based off a lot of the experiences and what you hear and what you feel, um, yeah, I believe that different groups are still here. That still haunt the building. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Now we move our interview towards Eric Garcia. Eric Garcia has a travel vlog that is on YouTube called Wild Car Journeys. He goes on location and creates videos about urban legends, urban exploration, reported haunted locations, and unusual natural phenomenon. So in other words, he's weird just like us, and we stand with Eric. My name is Eric, and my YouTube channel is called Wild Card Journeys. And basically, I hit the road to make videos about the paranormal, urban legends, or just whatever else I might encounter out there on the road. So if that's your kind of traveling, consider subscribing, pimp slapping that little subscribe <laughs> button. Okay, I can't say pimp slapping YouTube, but I, can, I think I can say it here. So if you want to get it, yeah. <laughs> pimp slap that subscribe button and uh, welcome to the journey. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a tarot card reader. I started the channel out as uh, learning how to read tarot cards, and then I changed the format to paranormal travel. And since then, I've had some unique experiences. Um, went to Zach Bagan's museum, as I was telling you, had a unique experience there. The video's on the channel where I go into detail about it. Um, I've been to Virginia City uh, doing a ghost tour. I did a vampire tour in New Orleans. I did a witch tour in Salem. Um, I'm going to London in about another two months. I'm going to take the Jack the Ripper tour. I've already arranged it with them. They said they were fine with me filming. And I'm going to see if I can go to the Paris catacombs for a day. Nice. That's, that's That one's up in the air, but I'm going to shoot for that. That one's going to be really cool. And um, I'm a fan of Hollywood Paranormal. Thank you. <laughs> and when you say, yeah, let's uh, let's meet up here, I was like, yes. You know, I, you know well, I mean, I said, I didn't, my voice didn't go that high because my voice <laughs> can't go that high. But um, so I'm like, cool. So we met up here. And we, I think for me, probably the best part was upstairs when we were in the bar. Yeah. And you asked if anybody was killed here. And they said 187, which is a police code for homicide. Mm-hmm. And that was like really an interesting response to come out. And I'm thinking, because I worked, I used to work in a prison. So I, I, something about that, I just like, are you a police officer? I asked it out loud. Yeah. We waited a few seconds, and then you hear 1040, which I think is the closest they could come to 104, right. which is code for yes. So I was like, wow. So, and it's an Elks Lodge. Okay, a lot of these guys were law enforcement, firefighters, the whole nine yards. So odds are we're going to run into ex-military or ex-law enforcement. So for me, personally, I'm like, that was pretty cool. I think they responded to you pretty well as well. I think, yeah, they just liked the vibe. I guess all of us were carrying in because we're just trying to figure out, like, what's here. And we're open-minded and also respectful. Mm -hmm. But we caught something pretty interesting in one of the back rooms. I want to say, like, in one of the storage areas. You caught it, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We caught something in our image, guys. I'm going to post it on um, our Instagram. But it... At first, I thought it was a bug, but it was too prominent. Just It was like this little bar of light. It was like a bar, and it was just too perpendicular and prominent. And, of course, you take another picture um, to follow that first image, and it seemed like it went up and curved. So that was pretty unexplainable. But um, I don't know if you heard, like, the commotion that was... I didn't really hear anything because I was, like, kind of towards the back. Yeah. You know, so it was hard for me to hear anything. But from your picture, your picture... Now that I think about it, do you think it could have been something that an elk member would have held, like in an official ceremony, like a like a staff or something, or something part of ceremonial? That is a good point. It could be. could possibly be. I did show the picture to um, Cleve, and he's an elk member, and he was kind of thrown by it, too. But we also had that 
amazing Class A EVP that Cleve and his um, and his girlfriend or his wife captured, which was so intelligent and responsive and clear. And the second one they had it kind of creeped me out because it sounded like growls, it like did. like from underneath the basement kind of growls. And I'm yeah. Like, okay, I'll be waiting in my car. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> yeah, that's all I need. It's like one growl, I'm gone. But you felt. Did you feel something in that room? Because you kind of felt kind of uneasy. I, I, I personally, I did not. Okay. I was trying to, because there also there's a lot of us in there. Right. So, you know, maybe the, the ghosts felt crowded, and I can't blame them. You uh, know, yeah, it was a small space. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, maybe the ghosts are trying to say, hey, personal bubble. You yeah. Know, <laughs> I, you know, so we try to give the, the ghosts their personal bubble. Yeah, don't give me corona. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, a couple of times there, I just, like, I got... I just kind of closed my eyes because we're all standing there in the dark and I tried to like open myself up to like, okay. And I was expecting anything and nothing really happened to me, but you know, you can't, again, in this business, you can't expect them to act on command. Exactly. You know, so you can just kind of like hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of the best stuff I've encountered was completely unexpected. It was what I was not looking for or would have been the last thing I expected and it's some of the best uh, experiences I have. Like with the what I told you with the Zach Baggins Museum. Yeah, that was pretty that was impactful. <laughs> that was so bizarre. Yeah. Um but videos on my channel. Um yeah, if you want to like hear and physically see that story, guys, it's a crazy story. Eric informed me about what happened, and it's insane. It's something unexplainable, and you have to definitely subscribe and watch it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, I had one other, I won't go into detail about it, but I had one other video on my channel where something, I caught something on the video. Oh actually, God. it was actually audio. Um, Haunted Picnic Table, number 29 in Griffith oh, Park. Yeah. Okay, so I did a video on my channel of all the haunted locations in Griffith Park, mm -hmm. which starts with a curse from 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. So the way I looked at it is like everybody does a video about different haunted locations in the park. Mm -hmm. My video is the only one that covers all of them wow. in 15 minutes. So I conclude the video uh, standing in front of Picnic Table number 29, which if you're not familiar with the story, uh, the short version is a young couple, 1976, Halloween night, were fooling around on a table. The tree next to it fell over, crushed them. Mm -hmm. And the short version is that spot has been highly active for decades. I mean, park employees only spoke on a condition of anonymity in articles about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows. And the tree is still laying there. 40 years later, it's still laying there and it hasn't rotted. So when I went there my, with my friend, we ended up point not to even touch it. I don't want to risk attachments or anything like that. So, but I brought up uh, through my research that uh, am I going on too long? I'm no, you're fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just I'm holding so new to the oh, podcast no, thing. You're good. No, no, you're good. But this was one of my most chilling experiences since I started the paranormal aspect of my channel. So I found a theory. Uh, the ghost brood. Are you familiar with the ghost brood? No. So the theory is ghost brood is a group or pack of ghosts and they feed off human energy. Right? Mm. So there's two kinds. There's roaming and bound. A roaming spirit brood will follow you wherever you go. A bound spirit brood will stay in one location and if you leave, it goes dormant unless it's disturbed. Now, what could possibly disturb a group of ghosts trying to rest other than two people fooling around on a picnic table. Right. So I'm like, okay, that sounds like no one's mentioned that in any other video about the picnic table, so I'll bring it up. So I film it, I mention it. That night I'm at home editing the footage and I'm watching once I edited it and the moment, and it's in the video, you'll see it if you look up my video. The moment I say spirit brood, something goes through my phone. You hear a whoosh. The audio goes out while I'm talking about the spirit brood at the exact 
moment. Oh my gosh. And when I saw it the first time, I thought, oh man, I messed up the video. So I went back to the original untouched, unedited footage, and it was there. So if you watch it on a phone, it's a little clearer because of the technology in phones. If you watch it on a laptop, it's going to be a little harder to hear me because they tried to take out the audio because I was talking about the spirit brood. Right. And one other thing, and maybe this is kind of pushing it, and I didn't intend it to be this way. It just kind of gave me some chills when I realized it. The exact, because the video is about 15 minutes long. The exact moment this happens is at 12 minutes and six seconds. Wow. Six, six, and six. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I did not intend that, and I try not to think about it, actually, when I rewatch that video. No, it kind of all came together. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was completely unexpected, you know, and it was an unusual theory. That's why I included it. So the Griffith Park video, the Zach Baggins video, and the video where I went on a ghost tour in Virginia City, those three in the last year or so, something happened on camera. And, or I, re- I retell a story of what just happened to me there. So those are my most active videos. Wow. You know, so the journey continues. The journey always continues. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for sharing your channel and your you know, many stories and your theories and everything. And thank you for coming out and meeting me here. I'm like, yeah, this is so, you're, like, you're so much fun to talk to. You, know, you, were, like, you walked up to me, you're like, hey, Eric, yeah. giving a big hug. I'm like, oh, yeah. We know yeah, we've, we've communicated um, online and on Instagram. So, I mean, it is a great community. And, I mean, there's some weirdos out there. But yeah. this is a great community to connect and, you know, talk about and hunt ghosts. Yeah, you know. Don't panic during this whole pandemic of the coronavirus. Don't panic, hunt ghosts. Yeah, and everybody here is actually just pretty relaxed and chill. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, you know, we got our drinks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you had your cores. I had my, like, McAllen's. Yeah. So we're good. We're good in the hood. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Thank you so much. I had a- Great time. Everybody, uh, listen to Hollyweird, Paranormal. Check out uh, Wild Card Journeys. And we'll probably maybe collab some point we in the future. Will. We definitely will. All right. Yeah, we well, got some plans in the works, guys. Oh, uh, well, right. yeah, that one plan we talked about yes, that we, we can't talk about. <laughs> we can't talk about. It's the, a secret. The, 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 the subject that cannot be talked about. Exactly. So you guys have to tune in. And thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap on Haunted by History's ghost investigation over at the Elks Lodge in Van Nuys, number 2790. A big thank you to Mike Gaglio and Eric Lace of the Elks Lodge in Van Nuys and the rest of the Elks members for allowing us to hunt the unknown in their lodge. Big shout out to Eric Garcia of Wild Card Journeys. You can follow him on YouTube and Instagram at Wild Card Journeys. Another big, huge thank you to Craig Owens, of course, of Bizarre Los Angeles for organizing and leading this great historical event and ghost hunt. Please be sure to follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bizarre Los Angeles for future events and ghost hunts. Also, please check out and purchase his book, Haunted by History, Volume 1, guys. It is amazing. And he had literally put in seven years of research into this beautiful masterpiece. So head on over to Bizarre Los Angeles on Instagram and Facebook for more information. And of course, we cannot forget about our patrons. Without you and your support, this episode wouldn't have been made possible. So thank you guys so much. But also a big thank you to our new Hollyweird patrons. You know who you are. Connie Marino, Queen Celine Medine, Brianna Valverde, Michael Royal and Ishel, thank you guys so much for joining our Holly Weird Patreon page and group. Speaking of Patreon, want to help produce episodes like this on Hollywood Paranormal? Well, you can. Just for as little as $1 or more each month, 
you can actually help produce and support our podcast and get some pretty dope ass perks, such as being automatically inducted into our Saturday Night Ghost Club. Saturday Night Ghost Club is a bi-weekly secret podcast on our Patreon page where I collect ghost stories from off the streets, from people that I just meet, from people that work with me, or from other friends and acquaintances that are willing to share stories that have never left their minds. You definitely don't want to miss out on those episodes. They're amazing and quite creepy. So just head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Paranormal for more information on how you can support Holly Weird Paranormal. Want to know more about us or stalk us? Then you can head on over to our new updated website. Yes, we updated the website. We're <laughs> becoming adults. You can head on over to www.hollyweirdparanormal.com. It's so simple, I know. There you can actually follow us, subscribe to us, catch up on past episodes through our archives, read our blog, get to know your hosts, myself and Bryce Mitchell Williams, who is currently quarantining himself and his home as we speak while belting out show tunes as he should. You can also connect with us through our social media and browse around our merch store. We'll be updating another one very soon, so stay tuned, guys. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Hollywood Paranormal. It really does help us out, guys, and you can do so on your Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or on Google Play as well. It really helps us indie podcasters out, and it helps us become a little more visible, of course. Catch up with our past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We are everywhere, of course. Well, guys, we hope that you are staying very safe, very well. Please don't cough on anyone. This is a very scary time, but we hope that you all are doing okay. I'm sure if you're listening to this episode a few months or a few years from now, just know that uh, we were well stocked with toilet paper. Just kidding. All right, guys, stay safe, stay well, but most of all, stay Holly weird. Till next time, friends. <laughs>